The following audio drama is rated PG for pretty good. You should experience lots of explosions with no body parts and a couple of swears. Parents should be ready to cover their ears. This is Lucas Audio Production, where entertainment is always free. Broken Sea Audio presents Doctor Who Behind the Sofa. Hi, this is uh, Stevie K. Farnaby, um, aka Skiffle. I'm producer and director for Broken Seas Doctor Who, and I'm in conversation with Robin Carlyle. Hiya, Robin. Hello. Or should that be Holy Smokes? (laughs) 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 Sorry. I bet you get that all the time, don't you? And it's probably ceased to be funny. (laughs) Probably several decades ago, Holy Smokes, Batman, you know. (laughs) Yeah. I get that a lot. I'll bet you do, yeah. <laughs> the funny thing is, I get that all the time. I never get never get called Robin Hood or anything, and I was actually named after Robin Hood. Hi ho! <laughs> Sorry, that was. I just <laughs> I couldn't resist that. Shall I be the sheriff of Nottingham for the duration of this conversation? <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, um, I, I don't think we could have a chat with Broken Sea's companion without at least mentioning uh, Liz Sladen and Nicholas Courtney. I mean, wow, you know, that's two of them in the space of a month, you know, yeah. and obviously Liz was a legend, particularly, as was Nicholas, of course. Um, but um, when I first started watching Doctor Who, um, Liz was the companion, you know, all those years ago, <laughs> kind of showing my age now. <laughs> but, Hey, it just happens to be true, you know, John Pertwee and Liz Sladen sort of got me into Doctor Who. So, you know, very, very sad loss. She'll always have a special place, sort of in my heart, anyway. And uh, I, I'm guessing she was pretty close to yourself as well, you know. Oh, yeah, Sarah Jane is definitely one of my favourite companions. Oh, so. Well, yeah, of course. Um, I mean, so who was your favourite companion, then? Oh, my God. Um... I think Ace is probably my favorite companion. Oh, She's excellent. She's so awesome. Ah, she was great. I love the baseball bat. I know, right? And, and the stick grenade earrings. <laughs> I kind of... You know, do you know what really disappointed me with the Ace character was that she never really fulfilled her true potential because, like, Sylvester McCoy's doctor was sort of almost a grandfatherly figure to her and she was obviously tormented as well when she first, you know, by her parents' death. You know, and blamed herself for it. And it was Sylvester McCoy's doctor that sort of turned her around. And uh, one of the plot lines that never really made it into, um, actually onto the TV series, was that Ace was going to be, there was a plot line involving Ace uh, becoming the first non-Gallifreyan to become a Time Lord. Yeah, I think they actually picked up that that, uh, storyline in one of the novels, though. Yeah, I think you may very well be right there. 
Um, I seem to recall something going going along those lines, um, you know, in one of the novels. <laughs> Anyhow, you had some uh, particularly tough acts to follow on Broken Seas, sure, you know. I mean, we had the likes of um, David Sukoyak, uh, Damaris Mannerin, uh, oh, Stephen God. J. Cohen as K-9, you know, and of course, um, Andy Melendez. I mean, wow, some of those... I mean, they were all fantastic, you know, in the role. Um, so... Yeah. Did you find yourself ever becoming nervous on picking up the Amanda character? Because it, it certainly doesn't show. <laughs> well, n- not nervous as far as like following the previous companions. Nervous in the fact that it's like, well, I'm playing, you know, a main character on this series that is Doctor Who is like it's this huge thing, and Broken Seas Doctor Who is actually really popular. I've discovered, and playing any main character on that series is pretty daunting um, but I have a lot of fun with it too. Yeah I can imagine I mean um, I, I actually what I, what I did recently was uh, about three weeks ago I actually put the downloads uh, counters back on the Doctor Who page and um, in three weeks we've had something like um, 21,000 downloads in three weeks wow. and we've not even put any episodes out in that time either <laughs> so, so it, it's absolutely hugely popular so yeah I mean I, I I had a feeling that you might feel a few nerves and stuff somewhere along the line yeah. I mean, um, I mean I, I, it was sort of similar for me as well because um, when I picked up uh, producing Doctor Who um, I, I, in terms of audio drama I'd, I'd sort of produced uh, modelling first you know and, and that was really it when I picked up Doctor Who, <laughs> so it was it was kind of daunting for me too, you know. Um, okay, I'm a you know qualified sound engineer and stuff, but at, at the end of the day, it was still a big thing, you know, for me. And um, you know, and, and I'm a huge fan of the show as well. And, and I suppose one of my biggest concerns was that, um, and, and I'm sure you you must feel the same as well, was that um, as as a fan of the show for like 35 years, <laughs> the TV show, obviously that is. Um, you know, when we do Broken Sea Show, I wanted that to be, you know, at, at, at least of equal quality to the TV show, if not better, you know. And, um, you know, I guess my, my biggest fear was that, that, you know, from a production point of view, that I kind of let the side down <laughs> in some way, you know. And I'm well, guessing you'd have had similar sort of fears as well, you know. Well, I had... It was kind of a unique experience for me because I... You know, I discovered the whole the voice acting thing when the feedback here is calling audio drama started. And at that time, I didn't really know anything about Doctor Who. And just like a few days later, I happened to be walking through the living room and my parents were watching the the first Tenth Doctor episode, the one right. uh, the, the Christmas Invasion thing it was. And uh, and I watched it and I was like, oh okay, this is Doctor Who. This is I like this. And I went through and found a whole bunch of old VHSs that had the Doctor Who. Uh, we had like a bunch of the older serials, with mm-hmm. all the older Doctors, um, and I watched a bunch of those. But before I'd really watched, but more than like two or three episodes with like maybe two other Doctors, I discovered oh this this website that I'm going to be doing voice acting for does a Doctor Who audio drama. So, and I sat down and listened to them. And so, 
the first doctor that I wa- that I encountered more than just once was actually Mac's doctor. And wow. so it's getting to be a companion <laughs> on the show with him. It's just like, oh my God. So amazing. Yeah, so. I remember. Um, um, just for our listeners' point of view, um, obviously, when you get lines from uh, voice actors or actresses, um, they usually sort of record several takes of each line and, and such like. And then, obviously, sometimes there's little comments between the lines and and, and such like. And I always, I'm, remember, I'm really bad about that. I like will yell and. Swear and laugh and cry and I never edit anything out of my, my vocal recording. So. And and to be honest, you've entertained me quite a bit because <laughs> I've heard all of those. <laughs> um, but I remember the very first um, MP3 file that I got of of your lines, the first lines you submitted. And it was a proper sort of fangirl squee, you know, to take <laughs> to kind of phrase from Paul, you know, Paul Mannering. <laughs> you, you were, you know, really nervous. Uh, uh, no, sorry, not really nervous, but I mean, really excited about it. And you could tell, you know, and, and all the way through that last season, um, you never really let up on the excitement factor. You know, it was always there, constantly there in your performance and in between the sort of takes and stuff. You know, it was uh, it was fantastic to see because um, at the end of the day, um, you could have the most experienced voice actor in the world, but if they don't have that level of enthusiasm, it you're going to wind up with a, quite a poor performance, I think. Um, and I, I really do believe that the enthusiasm factor adds so much um, to a voice acting piece, you know, and, and you've certainly not had a lack of enthusiasm. <laughs> <laughs> in fact you've had so much that we just can't put a price on that you've um, I, I mean truthfully I mean I mean, Amanda was originally set up to be like this old fashioned sort of almost a screamer type companion and um, we, we, we sort of think well no because really to be honest the sort of modern day fans of, of Doctor Who kind of expect a lot more from it than that and you know, I kind of expect a lot more from that, from a companion character than just an old-fashioned screamer. You know, I mean, they really stopped round about the Troughton here, <laughs> to be honest. Um, and you've done a, a, like a heck of a lot in terms of um, developing the character and giving her some personality as well. And um, one of the things that I've always, I've always kind of struck me was, um, I mean, I do a fair bit of voice acting too, and. Um, what I always do is I tend to sort of read the script through once, you know, just so I can get a flavour of what's to come. But you don't do that. And you, you kind of just record as you read the lines on the page, you know, in sequence and stuff. And truthfully, I think it really adds to, to the performance because effectively when you get like a, um, how can I put it, if you get a really sad scene, for example, you know, you're getting all of that emotional factors coming out. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking sort of quorum of time, particularly. Oh, God. And, and I remember, um, it's the God's honest truth, is people, by the way. Um, the first time Robin actually found out that Max Doctor died and regenerated was when she read it in the script whilst recording the lines. <laughs> and yeah, and. I can confirm this absolutely 100% that um, 
that when Amanda actually cries by the Doctor's side on the battlefield with Arthur uh, and the other characters and such like, um, that Robin was actually crying for real. <laughs> I mean, seriously. And, and, and there are other times as well when we get that, you know, the funny moments that, that kind of shocked you as well. Um, I'm thinking particularly the uh, sonic screwdriver as a... Yeah, the lion's <laughs> evolution about the, the sonic screwdriver vibrating or something yeah. <laughs> like oh my god really what did, did, oh. <laughs> that was quite frankly one of the funniest lines i ever i, I ever saw in a doctor who script and um, truthfully you know i actually emailed the exact team and actually asked them you know i said um, should, we, should we leave that in or not you know <laughs> and i think we kind of came to the conclusion that the younger audience won't understand the joke <laughs> anyway and um, so we put that sort of joke in more for the adults you know but um, sort of hearing Robin's um, little bits after she sort of read that line <laughs> well I, I read it out loud as Amanda and then right after that my brain processed what just came out of my mouth and I was like wait <laughs> It was one of the funniest things I'd ever heard, you know, because you literally cracked up there. <laughs> it was, it was yeah, just fantastic to hear it, you know. <laughs> and, and there's a scene in one of the scripts that I've gotten for next season. The, where I think it's the first episode of the next season, the first scene actually, where Amanda and the Doctor are talking, and I just, that scene... <laughs> had it rolling on the floor. I was just like, oh my god. <laughs> I know the exact scene you're talking about because I've actually just finished mixing that scene. <laughs> so <laughs> it was it's absolutely priceless and I know that the listeners are gonna crack up when they hear it as well. <laughs> but, but there we go. No spoilers though. <laughs> Um, no, that that and the, the stinger from the after the credits of Formal Time Part Two, the whole thing, uh, where it's like the Doctor is calling me uh, uh, Ace and Fred, and I'm just like, <laughs> really, really. <laughs> so. And and obviously Mac, um, when he when he had uh, that that was an ad lib as well, I think when he, when he called you Ace. <laughs> and I don't think he was aware at the time that that Ace is actually your favourite companion. <laughs> so it was kind of a nice touch. That's a nice thing to sort of a uh, nice sort of turn up for the books, you know. <laughs> yeah. So um, how how did you actually um, approach the Amanda character then? How did how did you come to sort of develop her? How did you see her? For that matter, well, you know. From what I remember, and this is like years ago, so I might have some of the details fuzzy. Um, Back when uh, Stephen Day Cohen was doing Doctor Who, mm-hmm. uh, they, they wrote the character of Olivia, mm-hmm. and I auditioned for Olivia, and you know I kind of was like, okay, I'll, Olivia is from New Orleans, you know I'm from Louisiana, right. I should do this role, I'll audition for it, yes. And from what I've understood. It was down to me or I think it was Laura Coast, and they ended up they gave it to the other person, but they're like, well, you did such a good job that when we write write her off and be the next companion, mm-hmm. it's going to be you. And so, I think from the beginning, Amanda was kind of written 
with me in mind, which is horribly flattering, by the way, and just very humbling and very just so cool. Um, but, uh, and really, I mean, I don't do a huge range of accents. I have pretty much two British accents. I have the, the, the high-class, sort of cold, usually villainous British accent. And then I have the accent that I use for Amanda. And right. so I just, I, and I don't know, when I start using this voice, I, I just turn a little bit more cheeky and a little bit, <laughs> I don't know. Oh, that's and fantastic. Just, that's how, I don't even know, just Amanda just sort of comes out naturally. I don't even know what... Um, but yeah, it was nice to hear a little snippet of Amanda there coming through, you know, on the behind the scenes or behind the sofa show. Um, I could do the entire show in this accent if you'd like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, because technically we're interviewing Robin, not Amanda. But um, yeah, <laughs> but you have given her this real sort. Of, it's, it's funny you should say you, you should mention the sort of cheeky side. You've you've definitely given her the cheeky side because that wasn't actually in the script. At all, I don't think. You know, apart from a few sort of cheeky lines in there, um, you know, that, that that's a side of the character that you've sort of brought in, you know, from the, the voice acting performance, which is always welcomed, by the way, you know, <laughs> of course. Um, but, yeah, I mean, she was... I mean, how do you see her? I mean, I mean, apart from her being sort of cheeky, you know, I mean, I, I, certainly I see her as quite a strong character, you know. Um, she's not going to take any prisoners... And uh, she isn't going to back down from a fight either. <laughs> you know? Yeah, and I really like that about her because I mean, yeah, like that's that's why I really like Ace because she's really badass and doesn't take. She 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 destroyed a Dalek with a baseball bat. I mean, come on. Um, <laughs> so, and I I really like that Amanda is sort of a strong character who isn't constantly the damsel in distress. Oh, and absolutely. is it always just, you know, save me, Doctor, save me, Doctor. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's, I that's mean... why I like Sarah Jane, and, and that's why I, if you look at, like, my favorite companions, none of them are the, the, the screamers. They're all the ones that are the, the, the stronger action, yeah. strong characters. I mean, I quite like Amy at, at the moment as well, because she's, she's yeah, very I much know. the same. She comes out with some great one-liners and is also you know, very tough sort of character as well um, I, I suppose I, I, I'm, you know from my point of view my favourite companion was uh, Leela I just absolutely loved that character even um, you know Tom Baker's doctor kept referring to her as a savage but she wasn't, she was way more than that you know yeah. <laughs> and she had other sort of elements to, to her personality but yeah so how do you see her sort of developing in the future then? Sort of more of that sort of toughness coming out? And, um... Yeah, I, I'd like to see that. And, like, there's a lot of stuff that I'd like to find out about her backstory. Like, the whole thing, uh, like, is it Mechalution? Mm -hmm. uh, some stuff about her dad. And uh, I think the doctor makes a comment, I'm sure your dad would be proud. And she's like, yeah, I don't think so. I, I'd like to find out what that kind of thing's all about, like what her yeah, yeah. She she she's got she's got some kind of shadowed past or a skeleton, and you know some skeletons in the closet somewhere along the lines. You know, much like Ace was, uh, much like Ace had. I mean, 
Um, yeah, I'd quite like to see some of that backstory filled in as well. Um, I'm, I'm sort of a firm believer that when you do Doctor Who, that a lot of the characters on Doctor Who sort of work better as a mysterious character that you don't know an awful lot about, yeah? Um, particularly the Doctor character. I mean, we don't even know what his real name is at this stage, <laughs> you know. So he yeah. works. He definitely works better as a mysterious character. Um, but I, I, I agree with that as well to a certain extent with the companions. But I still think there's there's sort of plenty of scope to sort of fill in some of that backstory as well, which would be interesting. So, what did you think of season two then, compared to the other two seasons of Broken Sea? I am incredibly biased because I'm in them, but I think that they were really cool. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, I think that I, I really like how Broken Sea Doctor Who is going. I think that as the series goes on, uh, it just it keeps getting better and better and better, and I look forward to listening to it for many more seasons to come. Well, we're hoping you'll still be around and still be playing Amanda for many more seasons to come. As I will. Well. I will be playing Amanda for as long as you want me to stay around. I very oh, much cool. enjoy getting to be Amanda. You know, because I mean, I've told you in sort of emails and stuff that the sort of level of enthusiasm and how much you throw into the role. You know, I mean, obviously, um, our listeners don't get this necessarily. You know, um, but. In those little bits I was referring to between takes, you know, I've heard Robin laugh, cry, every the whole range of emotions have been there, you know. <laughs> and you literally, you know, from our point of view, you can't put a price on that. It's just incredible. Um, so what were your highlights from that series then, from that season? Oh, my goodness. Um, Some favourite moments? I'm trying to think. There's, there's just so many, and... I'm trying to, because I've recorded several episodes for the next season too, so I'm trying to make sure that what I talk about is actually from the season at least. Um, (laughs) That would be silly. Um, I'll I'll tell you my favourite was, um, I I, I suppose my my favourite moment was uh, Quorum of Time Part 2, without a doubt, um, because it, it just had everything, literally everything, you know, and your performance... Um, my favourite Amanda moment was actually on Quorum of Time Part 2, you know, specifically, um, which again, like I said to you, was, it was that bit where you were sort of sat by the doctor's side and just, just you know, please come back, you know, and, and that, the, the emotion that was in that performance was just phenomenal. Yeah, and, it, and, and the thing is, as heart-wrenching as it was when I was recording it, mm-hmm. when I listened to it, I, I waited, I didn't listen to Quorum of Time Part 1 until Part 2 came out because mm-hmm. I hate cliffhangers. Yes, I did read the script beforehand, I still hate cliffhangers. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, like, I had to go drive all over the city for work that day, and so I burned the most to a CD, and we're listening right. to them, I was listening to them in the car, and it gets to the part in Part 2 where the doctor goes down and I literally I'm sitting at a stoplight and of course like I said I've read the script I've recorded stuff in the script I know exactly what happens and I'm still sitting there at the stoplight and literally I'm like no <laughs> <laughs> and the people in the car next to me thought I was completely insane uh, but uh, 
Wow. <laughs> but I mean, it was that particular scene for me was one of my favourite scenes on Doctor Who. Full stop. Because obviously, right after that, I got to do a regeneration as well in audio, which was just astonishing, you know, to be able to do that. Um, but obviously, when Matt comes, you know, regenerates back into, I suppose, the fourteenth incarnation of the Doctor, albeit he looks the same, but he isn't quite the same personality-wise. Um, and he kind of comes back, and he's even more eccentric than ever. And so you've got this heart-rending moment. <laughs> You know, with yourself sort of begging him to come back, and then when he comes back, he's <laughs> he's just sort of calling you ace and stuff like that. <laughs> and the two sort of um, it provides a really nice contrast, you know, between the emotional moment and this almost comedic moment. <laughs> Especially the bit after the credits, like like I said, the the whole little stinger. That that's probably one of my favorite scenes because it's just it's there, there's. And it, any of the scenes from like the very beginning of the episodes, mm-hmm. where it's before the plot of the episode starts, it's just the Doctor and Amanda talking. It did. I, I I really like all those scenes. Uh, oh, they're great. Um, I, I I take it you're referring to the little Easter egg scene that plays at the end. Yeah. Oh, that was so much fun to do. <laughs> you see, one of the things I did was um, I actually emailed Mark and I said, well. This last season, you know, Paul's been an absolute magician, you know, in terms of, I, I suppose, you know, pulling the scripts out of a magic hat, almost. <laughs> and um, so, so we kind of, Mac wrote that scene, because uh, Paul didn't know about it, you know. Um, <laughs> and in fact, I was talking to him a couple of weeks ago, and he still didn't know about it. <laughs> it actually... <laughs> this is why you listen until after the credits. People. Yeah, he kind of. Yeah, Paul kind of got to the credits and sort of stopped, <laughs> and didn't play on to the end of the credits. Um, I believe he's listened to it now though and cracked up. Um, I, I, I kind of got the idea for that because um, I was in the car one day and I was listening to uh, David Lee Roth. He's eating the Smile album, and obviously he does that song "That's Life." Uh, on on, the, on that particular album, and I thought, wouldn't that be a perfect song to end Quorum of Time with, and maybe end Quorum of Time on a musical note, sort of thing? So I did. So I came up with the idea of this like robot jazz introspective, <laughs> it's sort of playing in the background, and that is actually me as well. Actually, um, that was me singing and <laughs> playing all the instruments as well. <laughs> so it was funny as heck to to sort of do that. Um, I, I just love the bit with the Nigerian lottery. And yeah. <laughs> just... Reminds me a little bit of Sounding Board, actually. <laughs> it did, didn't it? it? It was just great. Oh, what a brilliant moment. I mean, I mean, some of my other more uh, sort of favourite scenes were, um, I suppose, sort of favourite moments from the last season would be um, East of the Sun, West of the Moon, you know, cowboy thing, you know. Ah, that was great. Um, Because I I know Amanda wasn't in that one, um, but there were some really good fun moments in that, um, to say the least. And and right after that one, there was there was the whole sort of um, the whole scene between Amanda and Victoria Waterfield. And you and Damaris, absolutely. I mean, you brought tears to my eyes when I was producing that scene. You know, and the Doctor sort of gently sort of says, "Come on, I think it's time to go." You know, oh man, that that 
that for me is just audio gold. <laughs> you know, when you when you get sort of scripts of that caliber with actors the caliber of yourself, Matt Kalita, Damaris Mannering. Wow, what a scene that was! You know, just absolutely fabulous. Definitely one of my favorite scenes I've ever produced. Um, I, I I like the little comedic scenes more because they're not horribly depressing. <laughs> Tell it like it is. But like, I I think it was from the end of Mechalusion. I could, no, I don't. I don't remember what it's from. Ah, with Amanda comparing the Doctor to one of the Three Stooges. Um, <laughs> that, that whole conversation <laughs> just. As much as I was cracking up recording it, <laughs> hearing it with Max playing the Doctor, yeah, I like was crying I was laughing so hard it was just so brilliant and that's the kind of scene I like those little interactions between you know Amanda and the doctor when there's not a rush to save a planet there's not the imminent threat of death it's just the the, the little moments between them where it's just sort of a, a casual day in the life type thing yeah some of those have been really fun because um, we've had that quite a bit in the last season as well. Because I mean, um, the whole season, the very first scene of the the entire season was um, on from the inside with um, sort of Max Doctor actually brushing his teeth and having a shower and things like that. You know, <laughs> I'm thinking, yeah, actually, there must be these quieter moments. You know, he doesn't just step foot out the TARDIS with a TARDIS with a freshly you know pressed jacket and everything you know the, the, the yeah. most have sort of like a like almost a home life about the TARDIS you know so it was interesting to bring those out I think you know and, and Paul does a great job of sort of writing those bits those little bits that, that come up and um, he, he does a fantastic job on the eccentric side as well <laughs> I mean some of those are my f- sort of favorite scenes as well you know I mean it was a few years ago um, I think in season Season two, I think, there was there was, there was a scene um, with a doctor. It was murder on the Androzani Express, of course. Um, you know, not featuring Amanda, of course. You know, this oh, was an yeah. Olivia episode. But uh, the doctor's walking around a banquet on the ship, you know, and um, you know he goes around and eats edible ball bearings, and he's so excited to find edible ball bearings <laughs> as he's walking around. <laughs> and I'm thinking that is fantastic. <laughs> Just, you know, what a great idea. <laughs> I mean, you know, you've talked about Mechalution quite a bit there as well. I mean, that was that was another joy of the last season as well for me, was, was the fact that I managed to get to, um, you know, I had a custom-written soundtrack uh, for that Yeah, that was episode. really cool. Uh, and, and, you know, Josh did a phenomenal job with that as well, because Josh is actually a, a very, very good friend of mine, and um, he's, um, he's a huge Doctor Who fan, so... You know, for him to do that, it was superb for him as well. He really enjoyed it, you know, and is um, hoping to do a few more too. And um, I, quite, I kind of, in that particular episode, I kind of liked all of the, um, you know, the mechanical, the mechalution sounds that I was bringing into, into the mix. You know, some of those were great, you know, especially the big sort of like raptor robots, you know, that were coming in to eat the other little ones and things like yeah, that. Yeah, that, that entire episode was awesome. And it was... That one was probably the most difficult to record because pretty much the entire episode is just Amanda and the Doctor. So I had a whole bunch of lines, and 
Yeah, Some of them, it was. It, it, it was. It was difficult because the bunch, of, wide range of emotions, and a bunch of emotions at once, and changing emotions very quickly. But I really, really like how that episode came out. Yeah, because you're right in terms of the emotions. Because I mean, obviously, in that particular episode, there's there's a bit where the doctor's kind of uh, kind of trying to find out what happened to the people in this factory, you know. And then it all comes down to sort of war and other things that are happening, you know. And so it's it's quite a heavy sort of subject matter at one point. And then there's the other side of it, which is uh, we get Amanda right at the very end, turn around and say, "I'm off for a shower." <laughs> you know, but sort of in a very, very eccentric sort of way, you know, that sort of cheeky way, you know. It says, "Oh well, you know, to heck with it. I'm off for a shower now." <laughs> you know? Yeah. I've fought these giant robots. I'm off for a shower. <laughs> it's great to see that that that, um, that Amanda's priorities are right there as well. Of course. <laughs> well, you know, I just got done fighting and d- doing all this <laughs> mechanical work and fighting these. This <coughs> robot army, and I'm probably really sweaty now. Go to the shower. <laughs> yeah. uh, she gets a bit aggressive as well at times, in, from the inside. You know, she's trying to defend the doctor and stop him from being hurt, and she yeah. jumps right in there. You know, you go, girl. You know, and it's yeah. that's the type of companion I want to see. You know, I mean, when we first saw Rose, for example, you know, ex gymnast, and so you see her swinging across, you know, trying to save the doctor. You know, with the autons and stuff, she sort of swings on a rope or something, doesn't she? You know, across and, and sort of saves the doctor. And, you know, I can just imagine Amanda doing just that. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm kind of looking forward to seeing how she develops in terms of her technical skills as well. Because obviously she used to be a trained mechanic. And so I'm thinking, you know, where's she going to develop now, you know, in terms of that, you know, side of things? Um, you know, she, she's got this, you know, half-built K9 chassis that she's working on as well. Yeah. Um, so that'll be interesting to see how it goes. Because that, that was another one of those moments that made me laugh out loud as well, when a doctor sort of said to Amanda, he doesn't need legs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and your reaction to that was just, you know, hilarious. <laughs> and, of course, it, it, it almost turns into an argument as well. You know, and and then you, you know, and again, all within the one scene, and um, and then of course, like uh, the, the the doctor's kind of um, he realizes that he might very well have just upset her, you know, with his sort of short, you know, a brisk sort of comments, I guess, you know. And uh, my other favorite scene was was the bit uh, where Amanda's actually in the um, she's in the workshop and she's stolen the doctor's mallet, his rubber mallet, his hammer. <laughs> and um, you know, I remember the scene actually came up with um, in the script. It actually said something like "skull crunching heavy metal and <laughs> blasting." <laughs> yeah, and I'm thinking, oh, awesome! That'd be great. You know, so, so you know, Amanda's a bit of a rocker <laughs> as well, which is, is good stuff. Incidentally, that was that was actually me and Mac, by the way. <laughs> I was wondering where, I wondered how many people would spot the fact that it was actually Max singing. <laughs> yeah, I remember you mentioned it to me after that episode came out, but I didn't notice it yeah. beforehand. 
And now everyone listening to this is going to go back and listen to that episode and be like, really? Really? That was that, that was the Doctor singing? Yes, it was. <laughs> <laughs> and, and maybe a touch of that coming in season four as well. <laughs> Clearly we should do a musical episode. An entire musical episode. <laughs> hey, now that would be great. <laughs> <laughs> it would take it would take a heck of a lot of putting together, though. <laughs> but yeah, um, but yeah, I suppose it's possible. Technically, it's possible, but it would take a long time to put that episode together. Um, that would be kind of insane trying to do that. Well, yeah, that would be really funny. Well, I mean, every every song that you put together would probably take a month to, to mix each song. <laughs> so. <laughs> You know, it would take a long, long time to, to get right, but it would be such a hilarious moment, you know. <laughs> so, um, any other sort of favourite sort of Amanda moments from the last season? Or? Goodness. I'm sure there are some, because I remember just about every time I sit down to record, it's like I'm reading the script and going, oh my gosh, this is so cool. But I think... <laughs> I, I think that's more just the experience of getting to be in Doctor Who. Um, there, I, I honestly can't think of any any other just specific moments, but um, the entire experience of getting to do this is just so amazing that it's hard to pick a favorite moment. So. I can understand that. I mean, um, certainly from my point of view, I've followed the TV series for 35 years. And even when the show wasn't on the air for those 15 years or so, when it wasn't on the air, um, I kind of got my kids into Doctor Who as well, you know. And, um, it, you know, from their point of view, you know, their dad now produces Doctor Who. <laughs> you know? And uh, my little lad, uh, Josh, is a huge Mark Kalita fan. And it, <laughs> He's quite a fan of uh, Amanda's as well, by the way. Aww. Um, he's, he's great. You know, he absolutely loves the sort of Mark Kalita Doctor and Amanda moments. Um, he really liked Olivia too and um, George and Ida and, and all the other companions as well. But he particularly likes, uh, you know, obviously he's, he's a big fan of Mac's Doctor. And, um, and and he loves um, Amanda too, um, but one of the things that, that that actually happened a little while back actually, Mac probably won't forgive me for <laughs> saying this actually, but um, we were um, I was chatting to Mac one night on Skype, and um, my little lad came into the room, you know, to kiss his dad good night, you know, and um, you know I said, hey Josh, I said come and meet the doctor, and and Mac got into character and started talking to him as the doctor. And, and it was so cool to see, you know. It was, um, he, he actually, um, you know, would you like a jelly baby, Josh? Yeah. <laughs> it was just brilliant. That's so cool. Oh, it was superb, you know, because, uh, you know, so my kids are really into the Broken Sea sort of Doctor Who as well. You know, and, and certainly from my point of view, I mean, I get to, I, I, I think that, you know, when it comes to the audios, the Doctor Who audios, I think we've got the, you know, we've, we've got an amazing cast. You know, Mark Kalita is the Doctor. I mean, that is literally the role he was born to play. Um, he is. I, words cannot express how how cool his Doctor is. He's done such a great job. Oh, he's, he's phenomenal. And um, just like Tom Baker, Mac has those sort of moments, you know, where he does little things for the fans as well. 
you know, I mean, I'm only going back um, ooh, last week even. There was actually um, somebody sent a, an email to the Broken Sea executive team um, about about the iTunes feed for, for Doctor Who, and uh, this this young lady was a big fan of the show, and she got a um, she got a personal email back from the Doctor. <laughs> so, you know, um, it, it was really cool. You know, but the supporting cast um, is is also been really excellent as well over the last season, particularly. And uh, Amanda is, I'm guessing, uh, one of the reasons why season four has become our most popular season. Um, simply because the fans have really warmed to her. You know, I mean, they warmed to Olivia as well, of course, you know, in a huge way. Olivia was massively popular. Um, but, but obviously, um, you know, Amanda's built on that too. Uh, and so that's been, you know, phenomenal to see. Uh, that the people have really taken to, to to you as well, you know, and and I think you make a great team on the aboard the TARDIS. I think there's a, there's a really good chemistry between you and Mac, you know. It just it just seems to just naturally work, and um, I, I'll tell you something else as well. I mean, this is something that you probably you know this is just like a, a real sort of behind the scenes sort of production moment here as well, which is that. Um, when um when you produce audio drama, sometimes you have to kind of sort of play with lines of dialogue to get them to fit with the other voice actors' lines of dialogue because it doesn't work. They don't sort of sit together naturally. If you see what I mean, the kind of you've got to tweak things and you've got to tweak the gaps between words and all these other sort of weird things to sort of make it sort of fit and and sound like the two people were in the same room, you know. And um, probably the only series where voice actors' lines just naturally fit together is maudlin. Um, but I'm finding it increasingly more on Doctor Who um, over the last season that the lines between Amanda and the Doctor just just naturally gel together. It's almost like you are in the same room, you know, and, and it, it's just brilliant, you know. <laughs> From my point of view, it, it's great because it's less work, you know. <laughs> but, well, but, clearly, Mac actually has a TARDIS, and he comes and visits me, and we really do work together. No. Um, well, of I, course, yeah. <laughs> it goes without saying, doesn't it? <laughs> and, and it's like you're almost bouncing off each other, and oddly enough as well, and, and I'm probably the only person who gets to see this, actually, um, is the... There are sort of, you know, when we get into those sort of phone eccentric sort of little scenes, um, every now and again, Mac will, will add in some ad libs. You know, I mean, he never changes the script, but he does add to it. And, and it, it seems to be where Mac throws an ad lib in is also where you sort of, um, your reaction to the ad lib, it just seems to work. I, I don't know how, but it's almost like you you, you almost um, you almost knew that Mac was going to add lib. <laughs> it, it truly, honestly, it, it's really odd. It's almost like you've got this sixth sense for picking up on you know where Mac's going to do something really odd or eccentric. <laughs> so, wow. Yeah, seriously, I know, and I mean, I'm probably like I said, I'm probably the only person in the world who actually knew that, you know, because obviously I'm putting the lines together and stuff. You know, and I mean, I I can't. The, the way I go about recording is that I try to do at least one or two good takes mm -hmm. with the script as written. Yeah. And then if I decide, well, that's not flowing off my tongue right, or that's not 
that doesn't sound right to me. I'll reword it or I'll add to it or mm-hmm. I'll rephrase it, you know, and make it make come it out better. And yeah. I've noticed a lot of the time when I do that, that ends up being the take that gets used. It is, so. right, yeah. Absolutely. No, you, you, you're absolutely spot on. I tend to do that. Um, it's simply because it's, it, it's like you know your character, you know your voice, and when you are picking up on those moments um, where, the, where there does need to be a sort of slight rework uh, just to make it fit and, and roll off the tongue better, um, you're usually right. <laughs> so, yeah, I'd say nine times out of ten I will use the, that last take. And um, I quite like that. Every now and again, you know, um, you know the little bits that you do record between sort of um, actual lines of dialogue. Every now and again, some of those wind up in the mix as well. <laughs> you know, so I, I kind of um, I, I sort of throw little bits in here and there, particularly bits uh, where you're laughing as well. Yeah, <laughs> there's um, th- there's the the first scene of season four. I've added one of your laughs from between lines and between takes actually into that scene because it just seems to fit. I'll tell you about it when we stop recording this, of course. <laughs> but, okay. Because I don't want to give any spoilers away, but, um, you know, it, just every now and again I'll throw a little snippet of that in there. So, yeah, I mean, feel free to sort of add in a few sort of extra ad-libs, you know, as long as you have the same approach that Mac does, you know, which is that, you know, don't change the script, but certainly add to it, you know, if you want to, you know. And, again, I can't guarantee that they all get used, um, but certainly, you know, if it's adding something interesting to the story, particularly in terms of a reaction, you know, um, to to a certain event taking place, um, I I do tend to use those because it comes across as, as, as sounding so much more natural, um, so maybe I'm just waffling, but it, <laughs> it does seem to work. Uh, it does seem to work better. Anyhow, um, I, th- I think we've recorded more than enough there for this. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to say thanks very much for your for your time and your efforts. Well, thank uh, you for having me on here. And and thanks very much for um, you know being our Amanda, our companion. <laughs> so. Oh. Again, thank you very much for, for casting me and letting me play this awesome character in this awesome show, getting to work with awesome people. Oh, so. I, I, can't, I can't argue with that. Um, the amount of people that we've had on, on Doctor Who that have all been sort of like ice cold people, you know. Um, I, I have to say right now, you know, that I've met some of my favorite, some of my absolute best friends through, through producing this series, you know, which is, you know, superb. Anyhow, um, welcome aboard the TARDIS, Amanda. <laughs> or is that Robin? <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs>